Welcome to The Organisational Inclusionist. I'm your host, Grace Masuro. In this podcast series, we'll be delving deep into the pressing issues surrounding equality, diversity and inclusion in both the workplace and the broader world. My goal is to foster understanding, inspire change and amplify the voices of those advocating for a more inclusive and equitable society. Throughout this series, I'll be engaging in candid discussions with leaders, experts, activists and changemakers from various fields. We'll explore the challenges, successes and evolving landscapes of equality, diversity and inclusion. From dismantling systematic biases to promoting equal opportunities for all, we'll touch on a broad range of topics. But we won't stop at discussing problems, we'll actively seek out solutions and actionable steps to drive positive change. Our aim is to inspire and empower you, our listeners, to take an active role in making the world a better place for everyone. This is the Organisational Inclusionist. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode of the Organisational Inclusionist and thank you as always for tuning in. My name is Grace Masuro, the Organisational Inclusionist. I'm a Nigerian-born, UK-raised leader, mother, breast cancer thriver and a dedicated advocate for ED&I aka Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. I'm also the founder of Acquaintance Consulting, an EDI consultancy that's here to empower organisations and transform cultures. So this episode is a little bit different to what you're used to. Um, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to share a little bit more about myself and the reason that I do what I do. So why is this podcast here and um, why is Acquaintance Consulting in existence? So the first question I'm going to answer for you all is what motivated or inspired me to start an EDI consultancy. So in December 2020, to be specific, Christmas Eve 2020, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, I walked into the doctor's office for my results from my biopsy and various scans. And I walked in all by myself, swinging my um, car keys in my hand really carelessly, just like, you know, I'm just going, this is just a routine appointment um, because no one in my family had ever had breast cancer. So as far as I was concerned, I was just walking in there to get told that I was cancer-free, not cancer-free, but that I didn't have cancer and that the lump was benign. Um, But I sat in the waiting room, 20 minutes past my appointment time, which isn't normal for the hospital. Usually they're really punctual. It was 20 minutes late and I thought, oh, they must just be really busy today. And I saw a few people going in and out of the room that I'd been told that my appointment was in. I I didn't think anything of it. And then my name was called. I bounced in there really cheery and positive. And as I walked in, there were four people in the room. And I thought there were too many people in here for this to be good news. And I said that out loud, expecting people to laugh because I'm a bit of a joker. So I was like, let me make a joke. And, you know, if they laugh, we're good. Nobody laughed. No one laughed and I was like, oh, doo-doo. So I sat down and said, okay, hi, you know, what's the result? And um, I got the bad news there and then. I had breast cancer, it was in both breasts, which was a surprise because I'd only found a lump in one. Um, And essentially was told then and there that I'd have the trifactor of treatment. I'd have chemotherapy, radiotherapy and surgery. Fast forward to August 2021, I was declared cancer-free, woohoo. But at the time, I was working full-time and um, I was in the middle of supporting them to bid for a new opportunity in a slightly different sector. 
and I was working, I was seconded as their partnerships director. So I was working really hard on that and also um, had been chasing a promotion as well. So working my bum off to get that promotion. One of the things that I experienced during that time was my personal refusal to take time off during my treatment. So I would have chemotherapy on a Friday afternoon and sleep for the majority of the weekend uh, because chemo makes you really weak. And I would wake up Monday morning, do the school run and log on to work. And my CEO at the time was amazing. He was really, really supportive did want me to take time off, but I was adamant that I wouldn't because my concern as a black woman was that I'd been overlooked for promotions various times and didn't want to take the risk of taking time off and not being considered while I was away because I didn't feel like I had anyone in the organisation that would advocate for me in my absence. I'd also had an experience at the time where um, the organisation that I was seconded to you know, there were a few of us that had been seconded. One of my colleagues had recently been appointed her seconded role as a permanent position. And so I asked the question, can I get my seconded role as a permanent position as well? And was told by the person that I was reporting into that I would need to apply for the role and go through an interview process and that it would be a public application process and that I would need to interview and be assessed for that. And I immediately, my heart was broken because I knew that my white colleague um, had not had the same experience. So she was automatically given that job. There was no interview, there was no assessment, there was no public application process. And I immediately felt discriminated against. And I kind of went away and had a bit of a cry about it because I was exhausted as well. I was doing chemo and now having to fight to be treated fairly not only as a black woman, but also now as someone who's cast as legally disabled. And the person that I was reporting into was fully aware of the fact that I was going through cancer treatment and working my bum off at the same time, but also that I deserved the position because, you know, I'd spent that time proving myself. And also, if we're going to be fair, I should also be given the position I've been seconded to in the same way that my colleague was. So I went back to, you know, my my CEO at my previous organization to kind of give him the heads up, you know, this is what's happened. I'm really upset about it. I'm obviously exhausted, but I've been working my bum off. Um, and I really do want to challenge this because this is unfair treatment and I'd just like to be treated like everybody else. He then challenged and advocated for me and I was subsequently given the position. But the reason I tell that story is because that was just another instance at a time where I was at my weakest physically, that I had to fight for what was fair and what I deserved. And that without a doubt was a catalyst for why Acquaintance Consulting is here and why I do what I do. There are too many instances, unfortunately, where people from underrepresented groups are overlooked for opportunities. And the aim of my consultancy and the work that I do with this podcast is to draw attention to some of these inequities and to really enable organisations to firstly identify that sometimes biases do take place. Um, sometimes there is an underlying need to challenge people from underrepresented group and to really create a space where we can learn from one another, we can learn from our experiences, we can learn from our mistakes and we can move forward collectively to create inclusive organisations across the world. So that is why I do what I do. This podcast is brought to you by Acquaintance Consulting. We'd love it if you could take a minute at the end of this podcast to follow, 
subscribe, whichever is easier or available for you on the platform that you're listening to us on. We're really keen to grow this channel and really impact equality, diversity and inclusion across the world. And with your support, we can do just that.